If you like music's greatest mysteries, you've got to check out Dan Rather's The Big Interview for some incredible true stories from the biggest names in music. Check out the podcast sometime. On this episode of Music's Greatest Mysteries, the Dixie Chicks and their fight with country music. They acted like she killed someone. The Dixie Chicks were almost immediately banned from country radio. Then... The FBI targets the insane clown posse. It's the first time a fan base has ever been labeled a gang by the FBI. And finally, how Rick Astley becomes the face of the internet. Music has a rich history of cancel culture, long before the term even exists. Elvis and his hips. Elvis Presley. What effect does he really have on juvenile delinquency? Lennon and Jesus. We meant more to kids than Jesus did. But quite possibly the biggest cancellation ever, the Dixie Chicks and their battle with country music. This was not just the most popular, but the best band out there on the road. Playing to a right-wing audience and saying something about a right-wing president overseas. That's when I go, oh, they stepped in it now. At the turn of the century, there's one name that transcends both the pop and country music world. Dixie Chicks. Daddy sits on the front porch swinging, looking out on a vacant field. Dixie Chicks were more than a musical act. They were a cultural phenomenon, and that's where they were. They were on top. They were the Taylor Swift of their time. They jumped across all genres. There's a difference between being popular and being badass. They were badass. The Dixie Chicks were the biggest group in country music. They, had, they not only won every award that a group can win, but they'd won Entertainer of the Year. This is the top act of its kind in country music. You can't say what it feels like to win the Brooks and Dunn Award. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> How big were Dixie Chicks? They were huge. Please welcome Dixie Chicks. Even though the Chicks are selling records by the millions, they're still not fully embraced into Nashville's mainstream country culture. Country music before the Chicks came out was basically a boys club. They don't look like the stereotypical country musicians. Black mini skirts, high heels. They look more rock and roll in a lot of ways. They came and kind of put country music on its side because country music had never seen anything like this. As unique as the trio may be, it's their leader, Natalie Maines, who draws the most attention. What made the Dixie Chicks unique was Natalie Maines. Anybody from Texas? <laughs> All right. <laughs> she would say outlandish things. She had an opinion. Two girls who kill one of them's husband because he keeps beating her, and they poison him with black-eyed peas, and it's really funny. <laughs> and all the people that worked for her at the label would say, oh, isn't she great? Isn't she funny? She'll say anything. She's a wild card. But this wild card persona becomes an issue after one of the most deadly days in American history. Who knocked these buildings down will hear 
On the heels of the 9-11 attacks, America sees a unified front unparalleled in modern history. The sentiment after 9-11 was, you're American or you're not. So any kind of backlash into what we were doing in trying to rid the world of terrorism was seen as, you were a traitor, especially country music listeners at the time. By 2003, American troops have already invaded Afghanistan. And the vast majority of the country supports an imminent attack on Iraq. And country music capitalizes on this national fervor. The Nashville establishment was a very conservative southern base. And if you play the kind of music that they want and walk a fine line on your political beliefs, you're fine. When you cross the line, there is a reminder that you didn't belong. You weren't supposed to be here in the first place. While the Dixie Chicks straddle that line, plenty of others embrace the public outcry, leading to a string of patriotic country hits. American girls and American No one sees more commercial success than Toby Keith and his platinum anthem, courtesy of the red, white, and blue. He was that torchbearer of that conservative type of country music. While the vast majority of country fans love Keith's pro-war anthem, there is one superstar who doesn't. And she wants the world to know exactly how she feels. And then Dixie Chicks' Natalie Maines said, I think that song is stupid and anyone who likes that song is stupid. It was the number one song in country music. Everybody liked that song. So she basically insulted the entire audience. And then a few months later, she's on stage in London and she says, And then, Everything explodes. Coming up, country music's reaction to Natalie's comment. The Dixie Chicks records were almost immediately banned from country radio. We're going to boycott them for their music, and we're going to boycott you for playing it. March 2003, in the wake of the 9-11 attacks and the buildup to the Iraq War, patriotism is at a fevered pitch. But the most popular band in the country takes a contrarian approach and directs their anger towards the president. The backlash is swift and devastating. They acted like she had killed someone on stage. The Dixie Chicks records were almost immediately banned from country radio. We're going to boycott them for their music, and we're going to boycott you for playing it if you don't stop playing it. Their song, Traveling Soldier, was number one on country radio. The week after this incident, it dropped to number 10. The week after that, it was off the charts. And every other one of their songs disappeared from radio airplay because people didn't want to hear it anymore. 
There ain't no way the chicks are country. They, they've showed their true colors. Support the Dixie Chicks, you're supporting communism, you're supporting traitors. It's not just that they were women, and it's not just that they were country musicians, it's that they were both. And the women factor can't be ignored. I think they are the ditzy twits. These are the <laughs> dumbest, dumbest bimbos, with due respect, I have seen. These are callow, foolish women who deserve to be slapped around. Absolutely. Lost in the noise is the misinformation from the original statement. That quote had already been taken out of the context in which it was initially embedded. They didn't report that somebody else in the band also stepped forward and said, we support the troops. What got reported? We're ashamed that the president of the United States is from Texas. That's it. How could people not respond in that way? Mounting pressure forces Natalie Maines to make a statement. The Dixie Chicks finally answer back. Natalie acquiesced and said, okay, I guess we do have to say sorry. But then she forgot how to say sorry. Why did you say it? Uh, out of frustration. Because everybody knows that it, it's really hard to say sorry when you know you're right. Want to say something? Your show's not long enough. And I think at that point, the gals realized, you know what? We're still going to have millions of fans because they're people who love our music and not to worry about the haters. In 2006, the Dixie Chicks make their intentions clear with the release of their new single, Not Ready to Make Nice. The album, Taking the Long Way, goes to number one on the pop and country album charts, despite having little airplay on country radio. In 2020, after a 14-year hiatus, the band makes a series of statements. First, they changed their name. Newly branded simply as The Chicks, they release Gaslighter to critical success. Later that same year, they sing the national anthem at the Democratic National Convention. So were they actually canceled? It by no means canceled their career. In hindsight, I would imagine they didn't want to be doing that anymore anyway. They wanted to really go out and be themselves. A lot of people talk about their story as a story of redemption. And I would talk about their story as a story of liberation, that they were liberated as both individuals, as women, and as artists. The Dixie Chicks refused to pretend like they had done anything wrong. And that is one of the most baller moves I have ever seen in pop music. Yeah, yeah, we should talk about the Juggalos. By day, they are your accountant, your neighbor, your cousin. But when night falls, they morph into an alter ego. Fearsome to some, a symbol of decadence to others, but unified in one commonality. Love of the insane clown posse. But is this band and its followers, known as Juggalos, a threat to society? First of all, it's a very scary look. So can all their fans be considered a gang? ICP formed in 1991. These guys are two best friends. They make music that 
it seems like nobody likes, but slowly but surely, they build this huge fan base. And they do it entirely outside of the mainstream. In a lot of ways, Insane Clown Posse is really just like KISS. They rile the fans up with amazing shows, pyrotechnics, and they wear makeup. I think they're kind of marketing geniuses. As far as I can tell, musically, nothing special, but they branded the hell out of their deal. And that's the beauty of ICP. Even without commercial appeal, they continue to drive massive audiences, especially at their annual retreat, the Gathering of the Juggalos. The Gathering of the Juggalos was this week-long party that 5,000 people come to. Juggalos always call themselves a family. A lot of these kids are from small towns. The only other people they can talk to are other fans of the band. They love rap music. They love backyard wrestling. And the people that the music appeals to, a lot of times are people that have gone through their own tough times. And this is like the only band in the world that they hear talking about that. So who are the Juggalos? Are they a fervent fan base, a cult, or a legitimate threat to society? After criminal activity by members of the Juggalo Nation, two men calling themselves Juggalos are arrested after the body of 21-year-old Michael Goucher is found in the woods. The FBI puts another label on them, gang members. Coming up, the Juggalos deal with very real and severe consequences from their new moniker. We're not a gang, we're family! Now that they're declared a gang, they all have a common enemy now, the FBI. And later, the origins of the infamous Rick Roll. It's one of the greatest internet pranks of our lifetime. Since their inception in 1991, Insane Clown Posse has drawn attention for their wild antics. But after criminal activity from some of their fans, the Juggalos are deemed a gang threat by the FBI. It's the first time a fan base has ever been labeled a gang by the FBI. So you're walking down the street wearing an ICP t-shirt, it's probable cause. The police can and will pull over, photograph you, their fan base looks different from every other fan base out there. So Juggalos are upset because it was just like, you look different, we're gonna follow you. If you get arrested for a crime, you get an automatic gang enhancement, can't get a student loan, can't get social services, can't join the military. It's crazy. But I think it's also tightened the bonds of that community because they all have a common enemy now, the FBI. Is this how you want to we're doing it the only way we know how to do it, and that's to march on Washington and all up the government. Ultimately, the band partnered with the ACLU to sue the FBI. ICP and the Juggalos marched on Washington, trying to get this classification taken off. We're not a gang, we're family! Then something else kind of amazing happened. All of these other people from all walks of life had heard about the case and joined them. They looked at it as a precedent. What's to prevent them from declaring Raiders fans or Snoop Dogg fans a gang? 
Despite growing public support, Insane Clown Posse's appeal is struck down in 2017. In the eyes of the state, they are a threat. But are the Juggalos a gang? They're not a gang. They're just people who just love Insane Clown Posse. And while they might look weird, they are good people. Honestly, I think it's a few bad apples have really ruined it for the rest of the, you know, normal, civilized juggalos. And the face paint doesn't help either. The 21st century is an exciting time of change and innovation. As technology races forward, anyone can make an impact on the world, including one-hit wonders, and internet tricks. Never gonna give you up, never gonna let you down. In the 1980s, a slender British man with a baritone voice hits the pop scene with a bang. We're no strangers to love. Rick Ashley is a very popular English singer who's never gonna give you up. Debut single. Just top every chart imaginable. I absolutely adore Rick Astley. I just want to state for the record that he is super legit. When Rick Astley came out in the 80s, he had a likability to him with his big coat and his cute little dance moves that were really very strange. He was fun while he lasted, but we never saw him again after that. After a series of hit singles in the late 80s, Astley moves away from pop, seeking a more grounded style. His songs will never chart again, and by 2000, he retires from the music industry entirely. But in a few years, he becomes a global icon like never before, thanks to some internet mischief. You click on a link on the internet thinking it's taking you to anything, but oops, surprise, it actually takes you to the music video for Never Gonna Give You Up. Suddenly, Rick Rolling is influencing every aspect of the culture. Coming up, we'll see how this all started and how it's impacted Rick Astley. First, we were making fun of him. And now he's become like this beloved figure across the world. In 1987, Rick Astley releases his seminal hit song, Never Gonna Give You Up. It goes to number one, and Astley becomes the one-hit wonder poster child. But in 2007, an odd thing happens. Rick Astley becomes one of the original internet memes. But how? 2007, Rockstar Games went to launch the trailer for Grand Theft Auto 4. People were so excited just to be able to watch the trailer, it crashed. So other folks were posting at other places to watch, and one guy decided he was gonna tell you it was Grand Theft Auto 4, and instead, it was Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up and that is where the Rickroll came from. It's one of the greatest internet pranks of our lifetime. The gag gives Astley new life. What begins as a spoof 
actually resurrects his career. His fame now dwarfs his days as a young pop star. First we were making fun of him, and now he's become like this beloved figure across the world. The greatest moment in the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade in the history of the parade was when he rickrolled the parade with those puppets. So much fun. And now comes Rick Astley in like his winter coat, singing Never Gonna Give You Up, confusing everybody. He came up again recently on Ted Lasso, which is one of the most award-winning shows out there right now. Never gonna give you up, never gonna let you down. And it worked, and Rick lives on. If he's making money off YouTube hits, well, he reached a billion with Never Gonna Give You Up. He was only the fourth artist to do that. So everybody wins. The listeners win, the ghastly wins, the internet wins. It's a good day for the culture. A country music superstar caught in the crosshairs of politics. A fan base targeted by the FBI. And a one-hit wonder turned internet icon. They're all part of music's greatest mysteries. Thank you for joining us for Music's Greatest Mysteries, where we investigate the legendary mysteries surrounding the biggest names in music. Now remember, if you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Also, go ahead and leave us a review and don't keep the show a secret. Tell a friend.